0: today we continue with the last part of our series the long journey home everybody say part 3 let's read first Kings 19 and 7 then the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said get up and eat for the journey is too long for you Elisha had just experienced his greatest victory and on the heels of his greatest victory came his greatest challenge he found himself running when he should have been standing. But how many of you know that God understands? Amen. God understands when wherever we're at, God knows where we're at, and he understands. We've talked about the journey following a young girl that was lost and trying to find her way home. In the first part, we talked about that if you're going to make the long journey home, you need a brain that will guard your thoughts. Everybody say. brains (laughs) now how many of you have ever had your brain just go crazy you know what I'm talking about I mean you ever been in a house by yourself and all of a sudden you, you you your thought process takes you all kinds of places you hear noises that you never hear when somebody else is there with you the young girl discovered that she needed a heart to guard her emotions how many of your emotions have ever been on edge? Somebody say frazzled. You ever find yourself crying and then somebody coming up and asking, what are you crying about? And you say, I don't know. I mean, just frazzled. And so we need our, a heart that can help us guard our emotions. And today we're going to talk about courage because we need courage that guards our fears. Would you welcome the little girl on her journey home?
1: All right, guys, I think we're going to find the way home. Yeah, I think I so. you're right. I think we're going to keep going this here. direction. Now, wait a cotton-picking well, minute, girl. Well, well, what do you what? think you're doing walking through my woods? Hey, you can't speak to her like that. Yeah, you You tell him, Tin Man. Oh, we got a couple of tough guys, huh? Yeah, I'll fight you with one arm behind my back. I'll fight you with my eyes closed. Oh, you're sneaking up on me, huh? Well, I'll show you. Put em up, put em up, put them up. All right, all right, put all right. Put up. That's enough. Ow. Stop it. Oh. Stop.
0: What'd you do that for? I think you broke a rib. Well, you deserved it.
1: You're just a coward. Oh, you're right. I am. Oh. Have you seen the bags under my eyes? I haven't slept in days. Well, have you tried counting sheep? Yeah. Uh,
0: I tried, but I can't. I'm afraid of them. Oh, well. Well, well Dorothy. Why don't, we, why don't we take him with us, and the, he, we'll help him find his way home. That's
1: a great idea. Come on. Come on. you, you're to all right. We'll get you some courage. We'll get you. You'll all be right. safe with us. We'll get That'd you safely great. there. Give
0: them a big <laughs> hand, would you? <laughs> courage. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's being able to do the right thing in the face of it. And so, sometimes— We find our—how many of you have ever felt like you were missing a little courage? See, none of us want to admit it, but when you hear those sounds in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden your heart starts pounding, when they—you get a phone call in the middle of the night, when you—all those things, it takes courage to make the long journey home. Fortunately, we have a God that's able to provide that. When Joshua was instructed to take the children of Israel the rest of the way home, Moses was dead, and somebody had to continue the journey. The Scripture says the prophets, do they live forever? You know, I understand that one day I'm not going to be here, and the world is going to continue to move forward. So I have to come to grips and terms that there is a God that I can trust not only in life, but there is a God that I can trust beyond this life. Oh, come on, somebody, hear what I'm saying today. Paul made the statement, he said, if in this life only I have hope of Christ, I'm of all men most miserable. If this is what it's all about, if this is the end of the road, then it, Paul's saying, what, what's the point? The scripture said, eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die. But this isn't the end of the road. Life does not stop when I close my eyes here, but it continues on in the presence of him. If I have committed myself to him. Amen. And so Joshua receives instructions. This, he's got to go where Moses had never gone. He's getting ready to face a city whose walls are 18 feet thick. He's got to try and find a way in, and he's a little nervous. How many of you have ever been a little nervous before? And this is what God says to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Somebody say, not afraid, not discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, did you get that? The Lord your God is with you. It didn't say that the Lord your God is with you when you're doing everything right. It didn't say the Lord your God is with you as long as you're always on the right path. It said the Lord your God is with you Wherever you go, when you find yourself in uncharted territory, God is there. Listen to what David said. David said, if I make my, he said, if, if I uh, ascend into heaven, you're there. He said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. What's David saying? There's no place I'm ever going to find myself that God hasn't already been there. So you need to take courage in that. You can make a statement, say, God doesn't understand what I'm going through. I'll guarantee you, I can show you in the word of God where he understands what you're going through. He knows what it's like to be on the mountaintop. He knows what it's like to feel loss. God has got you covered. Somebody say it with me. He understands. So he tells Joshua, be, be courageous. Don't be afraid and don't be this." Courage. don't let somebody don't let someone diss your courage everybody's you, you ever hear that phrase oh they're always trying to diss me I didn't even know what that meant for a while <laughs> they're trying to dismiss me they're trying to discourage me well I'm not going to let them diss my courage I've got to keep my eyes and my focus on God This is what the psalmist said in 31 and 24. He said, So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Say that with me, hope. See, here's the deal. That if I've got my hope misplaced, I'm going to find out my courage is misplaced. If I've got my hope in myself, I'm in trouble. How many of you have ever messed up wave your hand if you've ever messed up go ahead wave it look at your neighbor and say you might as well wave your hand you know it's true we've if my hope is misplaced my courage is misplaced my hope can't be in another person because how many of you ever had someone let you down hey you want to know what's true How many of you have ever let yourself down? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, man, if I can't trust myself, how am I going to be able to trust you? (laughs) What what are you saying? I'm saying our trust and our hope doesn't need to be in each other. Don't, Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I mean, we need to trust each other, but that can't be where our foundation is built on. Our foundation has got to be built on him because if I have placed my hope in him, I will not be disappointed. Scripture, Hezekiah is the king of Judah. The king of Assyria has come in and he has laid siege against Jerusalem. He created a blockade around the city so that no food can come in and nobody can leave out. He said, I got you where I want you. You're going to surrender. How many of you have ever felt like the devil just tried to set up camp around your life? He's trying to get you to surrender. He's trying to get you to capitulate. He's trying to get you to give in. Listen to what the king of Syria says to the children of Judah. This is 2 Chronicles 32 and 13. Surely you must realize what I and the other kings of Assyria before me have done to all the people of the earth. Were any of those gods of those nations able to rescue their people from my power? Which of their gods was able to rescue its people from the destructive power of my predecessors? What makes you think your God can rescue you from me? Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. Don't let him fool you like this. I say it again, no God of any nation or kingdom has ever yet been able to rescue his people from me or my ancestors. How much less will your God rescue you from my power? That guy's mouth has just got too big for his britches. How many of you have ever seen someone just shoot their mouth off? I mean, just just shoot their mouth off all the time. Look, in the natural, I I think about it like this. Courage isn't about, there's a lot of people that are bigger than you are, but if they trigger you, if they trigger you, it doesn't matter how big they are. There have been a lot of guys a lot bigger than I am. I thought, I've been whipped by bigger guys than you. Bring it on. (laughs) What are you saying? I'm saying it's about not being afraid to enter into The battle, I'm not talking about in the natural. I'm talking about a spiritual battle that goes on. Every once in a while, you've got to get like Popeye and say, I've stood all I can stands and I can't stands no more. I'm going for the spinach. I'm going to put my hope in God. And if I put my hope in God, I will not be disappointed. So the king of Assyria just threatens them. Said, how, how is God going to rescue you from me? Hezekiah responded too to the people. This is what Hezekiah told the people in 2 Chronicles 32 and 7. He said, Be strong and courageous. Everybody say courageous. Don't be afraid and don't let him dish your courage. He said, Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Syria or his mighty army don't you understand listen what he says for there is a power far greater on our side a power far greater on our side I remember years ago when I I, I got saved I I was a little I used to be a little excited and I've calmed down a lot since then, just ask Debbie. She can tell you, man, I was, I mean, I, if you think I, I get excited now, you should have seen me back then. I had, I had a great big bullhorn I strapped to the back of my Jeep, and I was driving through town yelling, he's alive, he's alive. I drove up through town, and they had an auction going on. There was an auctioneer out there and he had one of these little portable bullhorns and he was he was doing the auction. Where's Santana when I need him? And so he's he's doing he's doing the auction and I looked at that little bullhorn and I smiled. Because I had one on the back like this. He- Hezekiah said, the power that's with us is far greater than the power that's with them. And when I saw his little bullhorn, I thought, he don't stand a chance. I drove right up in the middle of that, and I said, Jesus is alive. Everybody's been. I mean, man, it just just got everybody's attention. You've got to understand that greater is he that's in you uh, than he that's in the world. It's not about us. It's all about him. All about him. Hezekiah responded and said, hey, look, our God's bigger than that. You remember Elisha, the king of Syria? had sent an army against an entire city that Elisha was in because God was showing Elisha the king of serious plans. And he could not win a battle. And so here is a king that is so fearful of this man. (laughs) Everybody say one man. You know what I pray? I, I pray that we all make the devil nervous. I pray that we allow God to work in us and through us in such a way that it literally makes the devil nervous. That all of a sudden he says, I'm sending an entire army down there and I'm going to surround the city. When Elisha's servant looked out the next morning and he saw that army, he ran and woke his master up and said, what are we going to do? And Elisha, I can't help but think I see Elisha grin a little bit at him and said, don't you know that those that be with us are more than those that be with them? And see, he could see something the servant couldn't. It's because he had his mind on God, he had his heart on God, and he had his trust and courage in God. And all of a sudden, he said, Lord, open his eyes. And when that servant's eyes were opened, he saw the entire mountains filled with chariots of fire and horsemen, and they came riding down surrounding that army. You need to understand something. There's not a devil big enough to take you out if you belong to God. That God is for you. Pastor, what about what about? David? I mean, what about all these men that died in battle? They didn't take them out. They just sent them home. They just got to heaven a little bit sooner. Look, I got some folks in heaven waiting on me. What I want to do, and, I, and I'm not, I don't want to hang out. My wife, or my wife, my daughter tells me all the time, Dad said, now, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm praying, you know, I prayed you're going to live to be 120. You're going, I said, don't you be praying that over me. I said, unless you're praying all the stuff I need to get me to 120. I'm not, I don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I, I'm not in a hurry to get out of here. But this isn't my final destination. I know that one day I'm going to close my eyes here and when I do, I'm going to open them in an instant uh, and I am going to see a city uh, whose builder and maker is God. Uh, I'm going to see those that have gone on before me. Uh, they're going to welcome me home and get this now. I'm not going to be hanging out uh, floating on a crowd, or on a cloud someplace. I am going to rule and reign with him. We forget that life goes on, that God has set up another kingdom and another earth, and we are going to be a part of that. Somebody shout, Yes. Yes. Need to get, you ever get excited about something? Excited about Christmas coming. As a kid, my sister always used to peek in her presence. She'd rip the paper open, man, look in them and tape it back up. We, we drew names at our house, you know, and we all, you know, we would buy some. So I had her name, so I knew she wanted a wood burner instead. And she dogged me around that store like a bloodhound. She would, I was in a place called Osco's, and she, I, I, tried, and I finally slipped away from her and went down there and bought a wood-burning set and and took it and got it in the car before she could see it. And then she came back up and she said, I know you got me a wood-burning set. I said, no, you don't, you don't know nothing. She said, yes, I do, because I went down there and counted them before you went down. And when I went back, there was one missing. I honestly thought about wrapping up a rock and giving to her after that. I thought, oh, you, you know, but it's just, see, sometimes she was just so anxious. And, you know, about, and this is what I know. I know that whatever God has for me there is far better than anything I've ever experienced here. What do you mean? Because I am going to be in his presence. Everybody say in his presence. David understood something about trusting God. So even as a shepherd boy, he's looking, and he's seeing a giant, and he's seeing everybody running. and he's going, I don't understand this. Why are you running from him? Who does he think he is? Man, I'm telling you, every once in a while, you need to get fed up with the devil and get your lock or get your faith locked into God and say, who does he think he is? And David said, I'll go and find him. Look, a lion came out after our sheep. A bear came after the sheep, and God delivered both the lion and the bear into my hand. The same God that delivered the lion and the bear will deliver this giant. Now, your giant's name may not be Goliath, but God can deliver that giant into your hand if you'll trust him and take courage. Hezekiah spoke of his faith to the people, and it helped the people to trust, It gave them courage. We need to do the same thing. We, we need to speak of our faith. Unfortunately, sometimes we get afraid. We're not the first ones. In the book of John, John writes and he said, but no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, speaking about Jesus. No one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. We can't let fear intimidate us. Paul tells us in Timothy, he said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I, I want you to hear what I'm going to say. Sometimes we get afraid to step up and say, God, here I am. Sometimes, and, and let, me, let me just share this with you because I've, I've, I've dealt with all types of people, and, and sometimes people are afraid Of what they can't control now if you can control God he's not God that's why they traded the fire on the mountain in for a golden calf because they couldn't control that fire but they could control the calf but the God that built the fire on the mountain was the same one that brought them out of Egypt now you can serve calves if you want to but they're not going to do anything for you You have to trust in him. Now let me just be upfront and honest with you. God hasn't always done everything I wanted him to. Then I got to reading about it and I found out that he's not obligated to do everything I want him to. There's no no place that says he's supposed to do everything I want him to do. Well, then why should I serve him? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we could have life. What's he saying? He's saying, I loved you so much that I sacrificed the greatest and dearest thing to me so you could know me. I'm not going to walk away from that. I'm hanging on to that with everything I got. And if God loves me that much, then I know he's going to give me the courage to make it home. Somebody say, I got to get home. In the book of Job, it says, having hope will give you courage. You will be protected and will rest in safety. Somebody said, having hope will give you courage. I was speaking to an individual several years ago. And he said, he was, I was t- talking to him about God, and he said, oh, you and that book of myths of yours. I said, a book of myths? He said, I said, that's just a book of myths. I said, do you know that when modern science said the earth was flat, that the word of God said that he sat on the circle of the earth? I said, do you know that when modern science practiced, medical science practiced bleeding you to get sickness out of you, And it's how Washington dies. Washington's got fever. They let blood out of him, and it weakens him to a state he dies. Do you know that when modern medical science was proclaiming that, that the Scripture said that the life is in the blood? I said, so this book of myths of mine has always had the answer when everyone else was wrong. I'll just go ahead and hold on to my book. I'll just go ahead and trust in my God. Because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. God's saying, I'm more than just a book. I, I am a living presence in your midst. He wants to stay with us. Hope will give you courage. Jesus' words brought hope in the midst of a storm look at Matthew 14 and 26 when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were terrified and said it's a ghost they cried out in fear but immediately he spoke to them saying take courage it's me everybody say it take courage Do not be afraid. Peter replied to him and said, Lord, if that's really you, then command me to come to you. Let me, let me break this down for you for a second. They're in the middle of a storm, and they can't see him, but that doesn't mean he's not there. When you're in the middle of your storm, and it appears to you that he's nowhere to be found, you can rest assured, He may not be in the comfort of the ship, but he is walking in the middle of your storm. And when he saw them and they began to be afraid, the Bible said he immediately spoke to them. When they saw him, you say, well, how come God doesn't show up? Because so often when God shows up, we misinterpret who he is. He showed up and they said, it's a ghost. How many of you have ever been in a service before where the power of God showed up and all of a sudden somebody sitting next to you, I don't know what that's about. That can't be God. I was in Texas and a guy sitting in the back, man, people were laid out all over the floor. Guy sitting in the back looked at his dad and he said, that's just a bunch of junk up there. He said, well, you a tough guy. He said, go up there and let him pray for you. He said, all right. He said, I'm going to go up there. He said, but if he pushes me, I'm knocking his head off. He's a big old guy, man. I didn't know what he had in his mind when he came up. I thought he really wanted to touch from God, so I just met him where he was. And all of a sudden, he hit the floor and laid out in that floor. And when he got up out of that floor, he looked at his dad and he said, I'll tell you one thing. That's real. Don't let fear keep you from the presence of God you've got to be bold enough to step in you may not understand what's going on around you but you need to know that there's a God that loves you that cares about you that has a plan for your life that's willing to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think he immediately spoke to them and said be of good courage it's me don't be afraid. His voice, His love, causes us to respond in our storms differently when we can focus on Him and not the storm that's going on around us. See, Peter had been scared to death up until that moment, but the moment that Peter focused on him and he recognized that's not a ghost that's not a figment of my imagination that's Jesus and he looked out and he said Jesus he said if that's you tell me to come where you're at and he said come on out here Peter (laughs) man I don't know what was going through Peter's mind. God gave me imagination for something, but I think about Peter throwing his leg out over that boat, and when he stepped down, he felt something solid under him, instead of water trying to suck him up. Hear me, you're standing on a solid rock. On Christ, this solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. When we stand on his word, when we stand on him, and then he starts walking toward him, He say, well, we Man, man, Peter sunk. He didn't go under. Jesus reached him. And for everybody that wants to diss Peter <laughs> because he started sinking, let, rem- let me remind you of the 12. He's the only one that's got the testimony of, I know what it's like to walk on water. <laughs> Uh, and don't you know at other times in his life uh, when he began to feel overwhelmed I can't help but think that he thought back to that time when he stepped out in the middle of that storm so when tradition talks about he's leaving the city uh, and he sees Jesus riding in on a horse uh, and he looks at him and he said where are you going Lord he said I go to be crucified a second time and then Peter turned his horse around and rode back into that town because he knew that God was saying, this is, I'm waiting for you, Peter. This is what I spoke to you about. He wasn't afraid of what was coming. He was ready for it. You ever figure out what it feels like to be Clark Kent? You know what I'm talking about? Can I borrow your glasses a minute? All right. Oh. We're going to pray for you after that, okay? You got you got these glasses on, and you're trying to hide who you are, and people picking at you and ranting at you, and all the time, you think, if you only knew who I really was. See, you think I've got fruit of a loom under this shirt. The truth is, there's a big S my chest says saved by the blood of the lamb." now i don't have a tattoo so don't anybody go there (laughs) saved what are you saying that you he he never was afraid because he understood who he was when you begin to understand who you are in christ even when you're facing things That you don't get even when there are storms around you that you can't stop you don't become afraid because you know you serve the peace speaker of that storm amen turn around look at your neighbor and say don't be afraid finally Paul tells us in 1st Corinthians 16 and 13 he says be on guard In other words, watch what's going on around you. Don't don't be taken unaware. He tells his disciples, he said, when I come back, he said, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm going to come and people aren't going to be expecting. So he's saying, be on guard. And then he goes on to say, not just be on guard, but to stand firm in faith if the only time my faith is secure is when everything is going my way then I'm not operating in faith at all when your faith is tested it's when all of a sudden storms come up unexpectedly you face situations that you weren't expecting and things seem to spin out of control and yet you're able to stand up and say I'm going to trust God. I may not understand what's going on around me, but I know the One that can take care of it, and so I choose to stand firm in my faith. And I'm going to shout Hallelujah anyhow. Turn around, and look at your neighbor, and just look at look at look at your neighbor right in the eye and just go Hallelujah. You know what that means? That means ten thousand praises to God. Say it one more time: Hallelujah. I was outside my house uh, when I first moved to Missouri. I was outside and I I had, you remember those kitchen chairs that had those cushions that always fell off of the frame? And man, they were heavy. They were heavy. And I picked one up and it slipped off the frame. I had it up here, man, it fell and hit my toe. And I was going, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Next door neighbor's looking at me like I lost my mind. What are you thanking Jesus for? It's not broke. (laughs) It's not broke. Uh, I may be in pain, but I'm going to recover. I, th- th- hear what I'm saying. It may hurt, uh, but it's not going to destroy you uh, because greater is he that's in you uh, than he that's in the world. <laughs> be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Everybody say courageous. Courageous. I was at a zoo one time, and all of a sudden I heard, Roar! man, I mean, it was a lot better than that. It, it, it shook. I thought, what in the world? And, and I looked down the path where it came from, and I saw, you, have you ever been to the zoo, and they've got these little chains, you know, that are, you're supposed to stay behind the chain, and there's a cage on the other side of the chains that's got something in it. So the chain is to keep you back behind the cage. God puts warnings in our life. Chains, if you will. Stay, don't, don't move past this. Boundaries, thank you. Don't, don't move past this boundary. When I heard that, I looked down there and I saw this guy stepping. Well, what I saw was the paw of a Bengal tiger swiping out of a cage at the air. And I saw this guy stepping back over the chain. He got too close to that tiger. Let me tell you something, you need to remember that the devil is as a roaring tiger or a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's like one but my God is the lion of the tribe of Judah. You can, I I throw you in the cage with a lion and you can act like one all you want. But when the dust settles, the real lion's going to stand. Hear what I'm saying. He's put it in our hearts. He's put it in our life. He's saying, you are mine. And if he roars, then we need to roar with him. Everybody say the lion of the tribe of Judah. Don't be afraid. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. Everything with love. Somebody ever do you wrong and you think, <laughs> wait till the Lord comes back, you're all going to hell. That's not love. You've got to do everything with love. I had a lady tell me one time, she was talking about how bad her husband was. I said, I'm just going to pray for him, that the Lord save him. She said, "Oh, don't want to do that. It's bad enough I have to live with him. I don't want to have to go to church with him. It's a true story. I thought, my goodness, man, what is wrong with you? What? See, you've got to understand that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Everybody say, my life. life. See, a lot of times we like to say, oh, he's got a purpose and a plan for Sister Debbie's life, you know. Because that's Sister Debbie. She doesn't have to struggle with love. She loves everybody. She hugs everybody. Pastor Rick, on the other hand. (laughs) Debbie always tells me, you need to lighten up a little bit because sometimes you can come off... I said, How, are you kidding, man? I'm like a big, te- big teddy bear. Everybody knows that I'm just lovable, right? I said, right? No, I'm no I'm <laughs> See, sometimes kidding. See, sometimes we forget that there are others watching, and we, we forget this, that we can't make this journey on our own. That little girl needed some help to make it home. She met people that were brainless along the way, that were heartless, and that were cowards. Well, let me say this. That was their perception of themselves. But after the little girl had spent some time with them, they began to recognize that they had worth because she valued them for who they were. God values you for who you are. You're not brainless, you're not heartless, and you're not a coward. You are a child of the living God. He's given you wisdom, he's given you understanding, he's given you a heart to love with, and he's given you courage to stand with. Would you stand with me now? When I first gave my heart to God, I was in the altar almost every week. I'm sure people thought, boy, that poor boy, he can't stay prayed through from one Sunday to the other. That's not why I was in the altar. I was in the altar because I wanted everything that God had for me. And let me, let me share something with you. I wasn't going to let anybody get in my way <laughs> to get to God. I mean, I love you, but if you was, if you was in the way... I'm going to step around you. I'm going to do whatever i got to do to say, here I am, God. This is what I want to do for you today. I want to pray for you for this long journey. I want to pray that God will equip you with everything you need. Now hear me, not just for you to get home, but for you to help someone else find their way home. I had a missionary friend in Mexico and he always told me, he said, there's only one thing better than going to heaven. That's taking somebody with you. So what do you say? Let's fill up today. Fill up and say, God, here I am. You say, but pastor, I feel empty. That's the best time to fill up. (laughs) But pastor, I, I feel like I'm full. Well, then get a little bit more and let it run off of you onto somebody else. We need him to rescue us to encourage us to strengthen us and to help us find our way home so as they sing this song i'm going to ask if you're in here and you say pastor i want that courage i i i want that type of love i i want god to give me understanding i want to make it home i didn't start out in this thing I, you know, Paul made a statement. He said, I fear lest after having preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. I've told people for years, I said, I'd a whole lot rather you be mad at me than God. Because I can deal with you being mad at me, but if I get God mad at me, He <laughs> said, well, how could God get mad at you if he's telling me something and I'm not listening? I want to be pleasing to him. I had a conversation with him just this morning. God, I, I want you to apprehend my heart. I want you to apprehend my mind. Help me love the way you love. Help me think the way you think so I can make it home and I can show others the way. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's what I'm asking for. I want you to step out very quickly and just come to the front of this building. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Just step out and say, I'm going to get what I came for today. God's got a way of turning things around in our lives, doesn't he? Did you ever read that scripture that said, everything works together for the good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It did not say everything that happens is good. It said, I'll work it for good for you. I'll take what the devil meant to try and destroy you with and I'll work it out to strengthen you. I'll take what he meant to bring you down and I'll lift you up. And remember this, our tests aren't fulfilled until it becomes a testimony. So I don't want to go through stuff for nothing. I want it to become a testimony. So I can help somebody else navigate the long journey home. So that when someone else is facing what I've faced, I can be able to step up and say, look, I've been there. And yes, it hurts. But let me tell you about a God that helped me make it through. That turned it around for me. So if you would, just stretch your hands to heaven. Come in as close as you can. Those of you that want to touch today, come in as close as you can. Raise your hands to heaven. I'm going to ask the ushers to stay with me. Look, he's God. I mean, he's God. There's nothing that he can't do. So let's not make the giant bigger than God is. Let's let God be God and raise our hands with courage today and say, I trust you. I trust you. I may not understand you all the time, but I trust you, Father. I trust you, Lord. Oh I trust God, you, God. God I,
1: I trust you, God. You. Oh, God, my God, I need you now. I trust you, Lord. How I need you now. Come on, stretch those hands. Standing on your faithfulness. You. On your faithfulness.
0: Hold on a second. Let me, as, as you raise your hand, seven. I, I need to say this because I, I, I want you to hear this. Everything that happens isn't God's will. And everything that happens, God didn't make happen. So you've got to understand that or otherwise you're always going to be looking at God and trying to think and and figure out, well, why did this happen? My life has been assigned freedom by God himself, freedom of choice. All my choices always aren't good ones. (laughs) And so sometimes those choices play into where I'm at. The other thing is this, is that that also means that I end up being subject to other people's choices. If a guy decides to drive drunk and gets on the road and then all of a sudden he hits someone, that wasn't the will of God. That was someone's choice. That's why it's so important that we always stay in tune with God and say, God, I'm just asking you to direct my path and to guide my step. That's, I, I pray protection. We pray protection over our families. Does that mean that they won't be impacted negatively? No, but it does mean this. It means that whatever happens, I know that they weren't alone, that God's there. God is there. And at the end of the day, the Bible said that this life is like a vanishing vapor. So make it count. Stretch those hands to them and just say, Lord, I want to make it count. Stay yeah.
1: right. there. i
0: our relationship with God is that no one can choose God for us we have to choose God for ourselves and then when you choose God it's learning to navigate the road home because you're not going to get through life without finding some rough roads when you get on that rough road can you stay focused to get home Jesus made a statement to his disciples one time, and he was approaching, he was getting close to his crucifixion, and he said, I won't talk much with you now. He said, because the evil one comes and he has nothing in me. What was he saying? He's saying, I'm not going to say something that he can use against me. Your words are powerful. The Bible said that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so I'm not, Jesus is saying, I'm not going to say something that he can take and use against me. You have to remember that angels are ministering spirits to minister to the heirs of salvation. So they're messengers. So when I declare God's word, I'm sending that and an angel will grab that word and it'll take it to its furthest good. But there are not just angels that stand in the presence of God. They're demonic angels. And they still are messengers. So if the angels of God are seizing my word for good, what are his angels doing? Fallen angels grab hold of that stuff that we speak out of our mouth and take it and try and use it to its furthest destruction. Remember that song we used to sing in Sunday school? Be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above, he's looking down with love. That's why I always tell people, don't don't jest when it comes to the things of God. It's too important. It's too powerful. This is what I'm saying to you. No matter what your circumstance looks like, no matter what your situation looks like, always speak faith. God I don't understand what's going on but I trust you I'm not saying speak something that that that's not checked in reality I don't I don't man there have been times I've gone to God and said God I don't like what's happening but I trust you yes. I trust you it's a choice that I've made and I understand that I may never know the answer to it in this life, but I promise you when I get there, there will be no answer that's withheld from me. And he'll make all things new. So I choose to trust him. Say it with me, Lord, I trust you. Courageous. Courage. Sometimes you got to have courage just to get up and face the next day. Courage. Courage to stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to shout hallelujah anyhow. I'm going to praise God anyway. My father-in-law was burying his son. And he was standing at the casket greeting people and smiling and praising God and he had been through so many tragedies he'd lost a daughter in a car wreck on his way on her way to give birth to a child lost his daughter and lost her he wound up with a broken neck his wife's ribs were broken it seemed like there was one thing after another that had happened after he that happened to him he stood and I was there friend this burned something in my memory and I watched him greet people and love on them. And one guy walked up to him and I was there when I heard and heard it. He said, "How in the world can you still smile after all you've been through?" And he looked at him and he smiled and he said, "Because I know he still loves me. <laughs> I know God still loves me. At the end of the day, that's what drives a devil nuts. <laughs> I know that God still loves me. And I still love God. How about you? Come on, give him a hand clap of praise in here today. Come back tonight for Encounter. We're expecting God to do the miraculous. You need healing. Come back tonight. We're believing God for your miracles. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love and your goodness. Ask you to go with us, God, and let courage remain in our hearts. Father, give us a mind that's always able to acknowledge you, a heart that always loves you, and courage that always testifies of you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you today.
1: Oh, God, my God, I need you. Oh, God, my God, I need you.
0: I need to see you in the conference room immediately following. For those that are in the Christmas program, there's pizza in the back or we will be in the back in the chapel short.
1: Oh, god, oh my, my god. god.